Welcome to The Founders Table. I'm Kendra Brassfield, the CEO of Neolife International. And in this podcast, I'm going to be sitting down with Jerry Brassfield, the founder and chairman of the company, and asking him to share stories and life lessons that have paved the way for international success as an entrepreneur with a life's mission of making a measurable difference in people's lives. Well, hello, and welcome to The Founders Table. It's so nice to be with you again, JB. For well, another episode. My pleasure. I uh, look so forward to uh, to these uh, little sessions, father daughter sessions, and uh, I think that uh, it would be good to remind everyone that uh, these are just visits that uh, that we have. They're basically unscripted, and uh, just where we have a conversation about the business and about life and so on. And it's so nice to be with you again. We just got to spend quite a bit of time together at convention in Seattle. That was a fun time with the Neolife family. Oh, that was great. Now, I don't know about you, but hearing from our promoter leaders and rising stars, just all the testimonies, that gets me so charged up for the future. I don't think I've ever been more excited and convinced that we're going to be the single biggest force behind ending the trend. And that's the trend of poor health and poverty. I agree 100%, you know, and everywhere I look, I see the need for what we're doing. I see people who suffer from obesity and uh, yet knowing all the ill effects of, of poor health, poor choices uh, in relationship to health, this just makes me realize, you know, people don't realize that they put things in their mouth and it is full of calories and fat and sugar and everything else. And then if you don't exercise or burn this off, it turns into fat and it turns into all of those risk factors which go along with uh, these uh, diseases, chronic diseases. So, and then again, it's not that difficult to go out and build a little income uh, small at first and can be great and large in the future, but it's not that difficult to do. And, and, uh, and, and we do have a solution. Yeah. And that's so key having that solution because yes. so many times people know the problem. It's just, we don't have the tools to do something about it, to do something about getting healthy, getting fit, losing weight if we need to, or even making money. I used those tools the last few days, came back from, uh, convention and from uh, traveling and eating uh, out. And I, I even confessed to it at the convention. If you remember, I said uh, too many desserts and, and various things. I came back and, you know, I started out at 212. I went down to, to 190. I went then back up a little bit and then back down. And then I came home from convention. Guess what? I was 202 again. And this morning, 196. That is amazing. Yeah. Especially since I saw that ice cream you got into the other night at dinner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to look at everything I do. But six pounds dropped because I got back on the Neolife Shake, the bar. I, st I still have some bars, you know, from, and I'm so anxious for the new ones to come. But, Me too. Uh, well, but I, I uh, a bar and, and a nice meal and a snack. Uh, uh, two during the day and the weight just drops off. And I got back in the gym for a little work. 
Very nice. <laughs> you are looking the tools. slimmer. The tools. So let's see. Well, something that I have always loved about Neolife and what we do is that success and impact, they really go hand in hand here. So the more that we reach out and share, the more lives that we positively change, we're going to see that the result is measurable in terms of our business growth. So I want to talk about how to do that. How does a promoter grow their business, take it to the next level? Wow. Okay. You know, that's a broad subject, but uh, we can simplify it. First of all, if we look at our situation we have right now in our lives individually, each one of us, and then we, we look at that realistically, and if we, we realize if we're not happy with where we are, then we know we have to change something to get in a different place. Health-wise, we have to change our diet, we have to change our exercise, we have to change some, our, our mental thoughts, and, and our, we have to make up our mind to change. And then, of course, uh, if we're short on money, we have to change something. If we don't change, the future will look like our past. We can look behind us, take a look, and look ahead. It's going to look the same unless we change. Now, the key is, I found that change requires us becoming uncomfortable. Whether it's diet, it's going to be an uncomfortable change. It's uncomfortable. I have to Tell your mother now, don't bring me any dessert after the dinner, okay? And some, and sometimes, and I say, don't give me large servings. I have to change it. Now, I would rather have the large servings and the dessert. But if I do that, I know what's going to happen. So change is there and being uncomfortable with the change. And so we can talk about that today. I'd like to kind of talk about that because that's at the heart of it. We're going to have to change things. And when we do, we're going to be uncomfortable. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I know that you've always emphasized to me that sometimes we can mistake the things that we're comfortable with, with what we're good at. But that's not always the case. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been comfortable in my life having you as my father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I, I can't argue with that because I remember making you uncomfortable in everything that we've done. Uh, when you were uh, uh, learning to surf, you were five years old, and the waves were over your head, so you were uncomfortable. But uh, I don't know, you, you survived. But being uncomfortable, I think I have chosen to be uncomfortable, and I actually like it, because I know that I can stop it when I want to, and I can take a break, but I have everything that I've learned to do I have been uncomfortable with it in the beginning. What did that look like as you were building your business? What did that discomfort look like? The discomfort looked like that uh, I was shy and I didn't want to talk to people I didn't know. And that is, if you want to get a group of customers, you have to talk to people you don't know. And you start out with the ones you're, that you do know, but sometimes the reception there is not as as good as with people we don't know. So I, I started off with people that I knew, I knew, and uh, my reception was very poor, but I made some progress. And then uh, when it comes to building the business, you're still talking to people you don't know because you're going to learn to run the business and you're going to add to your distributor base. So customers, distributors, both involve being uncomfortable. 
and then being uncomfortable just leads into everything you've ever learned to do. I mean, I remember when I taught you to ride a bicycle and uh, when you got off your training wheels, uh, you, you fell down, skinned your knee, cried, got back up, got back on. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> you, you whined. Whined, okay. You've never been a crier, but you did whine a little bit. So let's see. <laughs> you talk about going out and meeting people. You have to talk to new people. In today's world, what do you think are some of the most effective ways we can reach out and where to meet people? I think when you live your life, if you just determine that any time you have a chance to introduce yourself and say hello and just strike up a conversation, anytime you pass that up, you've passed up an opportunity. So I still believe the best way to, and most productive way uh, to build a business is to build relationships. And the best way to build relationships is to make the introduction in the first place. So anytime I'm standing close to anybody, I smile. And even if they don't smile back, uh, you know, I'll say something. And if they don't react, I don't bother them, but I find a lot of people, the majority of people do smile back and they do strike up a conversation with me and we talk a little bit and that's the beginning. And that, that is the, you don't have to worry about what happens from that point forward because the stopper is not reaching out and saying hello to start with. As I've told the story many times, the people that I have recruited in the business and the people that I continue to introduce to the products are just people that I meet doing, living my life. Anytime I go to to the market for your mother to buy anything, anytime I meet people that I don't know in a business situation, I just tell my story. Most people want to know what you're doing. You know, now just personal contact, it all falls under personal contact and personal contact beats everything. It beats advertising in a newspaper very unproductive. It beats in infomercials. It beats so many things. It beats, uh, you know, it beats uh, uh, passing out flyers. Uh, There's so many things that don't work well and are a lot of work for little results. But if we just say, you know what, everybody I bump into or get within 10 feet of, I'm going to say something or smile or do something. I reach out. And that is that also that is the meaning of being uncomfortable because you cannot do that and be comfortable. Yet, if you don't do that, you're going to be uncomfortable <laughs> with your life, with your health, with your, with your finances. And so we're in, a, we're in between a rock and a hard spot. We can choose to be comfortable now and not have good results for our future and fall into this category of people. And what's the percentage currently of people that reach retirement age and can't retire. About 65. 65%. And even the ones that can retire, they have to cut back their their lifestyle. Uh, When you get up to the people that actually can afford to travel and do all the things they would like to do, it's much higher uh, or a much lower percentage uh, can afford to do that. And yet you can add $1,000 a month, uh, $500 a month, $1,000, $2,000 a month from your business that you can you can choose to keep going your whole life, and that makes the difference. And yet, if you want to, if you want to organize all the people that are just want to be small businesses, you put all those together. We call them 
directorships. You put all those small businesses together through their duplication process, and now you have a big business because you are organizing a bunch of small businesses. That's when you as a leader develop, and uh, we can talk about leaders if you like. Yeah, let's let's definitely talk about leaders. Well, what do you think about what I just said? Well, you just mentioned duplication. I think that is absolutely key. When we get started, we are in a mindset of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to be the one to reach out to people, to, to share the products, to build this business. But going from that mindset to I'm going to find the best people that I'm to bring along with me, to work together as a team, that's where the big growth happens. When we start to be leaders of other that's people. Right. And they, by the way, they grow. They come out of the group of small businesses that you've started. And then you simply watch because the things that I could never measure was what is the desire of the people that are building their business. I don't know if their desire is to be a $500 a month profit business or if it's to be higher and bigger. So I judge by results. I watch the ones who grow and then Put more effort and energy with the ones who grow, uh, and that's kind how of it, counterintuitive, isn't it? <laughs> well, a uh, lot of times we want to lift up the ones who you, aren't doing anything. You, but sometimes you're lifting on people who don't want to li- be lifted. Yeah. You know, isn't that right? Yeah, Lewis Smith always points makes a big point of that to work with the ones who are doing the work. You work as far as you can down your organization with good people, and whenever you find that good person. Uh, then you really settle in and support him in every way that, uh, him or her in every way that you can. If you look above all of our big distributors, there's a, a lineage of, of sponsorship above that are people that did not grow as big as the big distributor. Charlie Smith above Charlie, Charlie uh, Bolton, Louis Smith above there, except for he has Charlie above him. But you look at Dr. Joaquin Gonzalez, a lot of smaller distributors above him. And, uh, and, and that uh, myself included. My sponsor died, literally died, physically died, 18 months after he sponsored me, a young boy with a brain tumor. So how did you, how did you do it? Well, I did it by just, I was determined to do it and somehow mustered up the courage, I would say, I call it courage, to keep doing something even when I'm scared. Because you see, if you are if you are afraid to ski because you're going to fall, possibly hurt yourself, you have to continue to try to ski even if you're afraid of it. That goes for surfing. That goes for meeting people. You've got to continue. You're not going to. You can't wait till you get rid of the fear to do something. You have to do something while you're afraid, and then you will become less afraid with time. But I still get a little ner. I still get nervous before I go up to speak. And, and I've done it thousands of times. I get a little nervous every time I fly the the uh, airplane, the Learjet, you know. I, but I know I can do it. But I, I'm just thinking, am I going to remember everything and do everything and find the boom? It's not long. Everything that I try to do, I'm nervous before I start. And, I, and I'm afraid at times. And I keep doing it uh, anyway. And that's how you build, okay? That reminds me of a, an interview I just watched the other day. It was Warren Buffett's first ever television interview and what he said really stood out to me he said you're not right or wrong because a thousand people agree with you and you're not right or wrong because a thousand people disagree with you you're right because your facts and your reasoning are right so if we know what we have if we know where we're headed 
it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable we have to get. We know we have to do what it takes to get there. I believe that so much. You know, I, I, that's a great quote. Uh, and, uh, of course, you're one of the few lucky people that uh, have uh, sat and met uh, Warren Buffett, and and he knows who you are, and uh, along with Charlie Munger. In fact, when uh, you met those two, they then started referring to me as Kendra's father, not uh, not my name, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, they remember you very well, especially Charlie. He remembers all the times you guys went fishing. <laughs> yes, we did go fishing together in one small boat, you know, a little little paddle boat. So let's see. You mentioned leadership, and I know you've always done a great job of kind of debunking that uh, scary part of leadership where we feel like, oh my gosh, I have to be this big, bold leader in order to be successful. Well, I think a lot of damage has been done by people who who have 21 attributes of a leader. They write books and they, they're going to scare people. They scare people. They, uh, you do get these 21 things down and you take my course, you pay a lot of money and you're going to be a leader. Well, you can check the results of people coming out of those courses, and they're not leaders, okay? And uh, because uh, in order to be a good leader, I, I believe and I know that you have to be a good follower first. And following someone or some uh, ideals or, uh, or following your faith or following uh, the corporate uh, uh, direction, this is a skill that will save you a lot of problems if you pay attention. I've seen people come in and they're told to do certain things and then they go do everything but that, okay? And then later they come back around and finally rediscover those things they were told to do initially and all of a sudden they're successful. And uh, sometimes these these uh, trips off in uh, following their own ideas when they don't have enough it, uh, experience really to have ideas that are that are well founded. Sometimes these are very costly, so uh, financially costly as well as time wasted. So uh, now back to leadership. Uh, I believe that uh, leadership requires knowledge. It requires belief in what you're doing, and if you just concentrate and and then commitment to stick to it. Those are if you don't have these basic, let's call them just uh, basic pillars to build on, then you're going to miss it, and you're going to you're not going to develop. So, if you talk about knowledge of the products, knowledge of stories where people have been helped by taking control of their diets and their nutrition, and if you learn, the more you learn the more you can, you become a, a small leader because if you're talking to someone who has no knowledge, in that situation, you're a leader, okay? Now, that's not a scary situation. That says, I know something about nutrition that you don't know, and so I am the upper hand. I, I never forget that when you start out and you know a little bit about the marketing plan and somebody else doesn't, you can be a leader in showing that person Here's what, let me explain this to you. Uh, so it's little steps that build over time into, through experience, 
to where you really then, you're confident and then you feel confident about it. And then you just become a leader because of all those experiences, not from reading a book about it, okay? Leadership requires action, and those actions and the direction you want to go build you into the leader. Now, you can get some ground rules down, okay? Uh, and, and leadership requires that you're honest, you have integrity, you know, that you take responsibility, okay, that you care about the people that you work with, uh, you know, these are that you think long-term. Leadership, uh, you can have some beliefs in that leadership, but you have, in order to develop into that leader, you've got, you and I have to really do the, the lifting. We can't build muscles watching somebody else lift the weights, and we can't lose weight watching somebody else eat less, okay? <laughs> we, <laughs> So we have to be the one, and we will develop into a leader, no matter what it is. Funny story, though. You were sharing with me the other day. Although we know obesity is uh, dangerous for our health, do you want to share about what you learned from Tony? My son, Tony? Yes. Well. That was amazing. Uh, well, Tony, uh, Tony is, uh, uh, he's lost 50 pounds. I'm so proud of him. And uh, he's, uh, after losing 50 pounds, he, he still weighs about 330. So uh, he's a big guy. He's about six foot three, but he's uh, been overweight basically his entire life. And uh, so he was feeling a little bit of a dizziness or something. And so his mind uh, told him he's got to get to the doctor and find out what this is all about. And he went to the doctor. And the doctor, they did the dye test, you know, on your uh, blood, uh, your, uh, your your veins and uh, arteries. arteries and on the heart. They found that his arteries, his heart, everything is totally clear. Now, if you knew Tony's diet and he's been that heavy his whole life, the doctor said, this is impossible. And Tony's, uh, and they talked about it and they had to come to the to the, the conclusion that Tony, or the one thing he's done for all these years is use Neolife products, the salmon oil, the, I mean, a lot of products. And they told him for a heavy person, you know, for an obese person that, that they haven't seen anything like that. And so, and Tony came back to me and he said, it has to be the products. It has to be the products. He said, dad, he said, I, and yet he, he has been motivated uh, to lose that 50 pounds and and he was going over, he said, you know, I had to, the main thing I had to do was to make up my mind that I'm going to do it. And now he's on a one Neolife shake a day. He has a snack. Uh, he has one big, large meal a day. He, no sugar. He avoids sugar, only the sugar that comes through the, the, the carbohydrates that he has. And, uh, He's a he's a, an amazing guy, but I'll t I'll say this, I I hope that if someone does not have the willpower to take take charge of their diet, that they will at least take our product so that you know be large and healthy rather than uh, large and unhealthy, and you can't depend on that 100 percent because the other things is that you're 
your ankles, your knees, your bone structure, everything else suffers from obesity. And the Bible also says it's a sin. So <laughs> I, I think that is drawing conclusions. <laughs> well, because our body is the temple, right? <laughs> so, but we're see. forgiven. So I don't, I'm not worried yes. about that. You just went into the doctor for your knee, didn't you? I did this morning. Uh, he checked my, I had x-rays I had taken before. And uh, he told me my knee joints and everything were perfect. That he, he's a young doctor, probably in his 30s. He said that his goal would be to have bone structure, uh, knees like mine, when he's my age. That uh, he said I'm extremely, extremely healthy. But you just need to stop going around trying to kick in stumps. That's so right. I, I'm trying to, to <laughs> reshape a tree with my, my stomping on it, and I've done some damage. But uh, it, it's healing back up. I'm okay now. Let's talk about that. So healthy aging. I think like in today's day and age, there's so many things that can divide us, but aging is one of those things that we all have in common. And I think we don't have enough conversations about how to, to grow old and do it gracefully and the role that nutrition can play in that. I think you're right. I think more people concentrate on, on denial of growing old and use all kinds of things uh, that uh, try to trick the mother nature uh, and stop the clock, but all those things basically are unhealthy. So, so I, I, I agree totally. Uh, today, I'm so thankful that I got introduced to this business at a young age uh, because I was unhealthy. Uh, I, I, I was attracted to it. And I'm seeing today at my age, 78 uh, plus, uh, I'm seeing that uh, it's paid off. And, uh, and I'm doing things today uh, that uh, most 78-year-olds uh, don't do, you know. I didn't tell you, but I just bought a, a float plane today, and um, so I'm going to learn to, uh, I, I've never flown and landed on water and everything, but I'm going to use that float plane to uh, go up to the winery and land in the lake there and take it over to the docks there on the uh, property that we have that goes right to the water. So Are you going to wait till it's not on fire? <laughs> they got it under control pretty much, but but there's a lot of cleanup to do, and uh, and uh, boy, we. But you know what? The good news is that the fire came right through the middle of the property, did not burn our vineyards, did not burn our houses, did not burn the structures, did not burn the winery. Wow, it was like God is good. we had we had uh, help from on high guiding that fire right down the center of things, and. Uh, and I mean, it was raging fire, jumping uh, 50, 100 feet at a time. Wow. Uh, people were running for their lives, and yet we had no damage. The ranch next door, they did a $1.5 million worth of damage. So somebody's watching out for us. And you mentioned you're 78 years old? Yes. It's pretty unique that you are in the shape that you're in and that your mind works. I can't, you haven't <laughs> skipped a beat uh, because... The latest statistics are showing one in 10 adults over 65 has Alzheimer's. Well, uh, thank God uh, that uh, being associated with Neolife all these years, even though at times it's been called, you know, different different product lines and things, but, you know, golden products and Neolife and so on. But, you know, to, Neolife is, the, uh, is our main product line, our main brand. And to be associated with this, from a young age, uh, through all these many years, and then not only the products I take, but uh, the reminders constantly of what 
I should be doing. When I eat too much ice cream, I know I should not eat it, and and an alarm bell goes off, and then I stop eating it. And so uh, in about the last, uh, since the convention, I've lost six pounds, and so, uh, and I'm going to lose a six more be right down to my uh, lowest. No, but it, but I, the business steers us in the right, it, it gives us the direction and the guidelines to make the decisions we should make. So it works in every area. If we're not building new customers, the business reminds us of it. And then we have a choice. We can either be uncomfortable and build some customers. We only need about 30 to 40 Neolife customers to be qualified every month as a director with our 4,000 points, all right? That's all. And we don't need that many distributors, first level, to be qualified over here and to build a good business. And then we work deep in those, in those distributor lines. But keep in mind that we're on a track with goals, objectives, motivation, with personal growth, and that reminds us of what we should be doing. If we're not doing it, we're uncomfortable, just like we're good. we are. We're uncomfortable. If we do it, we're un- uncomfortable. If we don't do it, we're uncomfortable because we're reminded. This is what I should be doing. If we know we should not eat a lot of unhealthy food and we eat it, we're uncomfortable. I can see you're on a weight loss kick. You're really <laughs> focused on this unhealthy food. <laughs> well, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I bet you're feeling a little uncomfortable. You, you made the joke about me at convention. You said my suit was uh, fitting very snug. There was no more room in it. And, uh... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to have given you a complex. No, no, but that's part, of the, that's part of what I'm talking about. There's people around to remind you that it's getting out of control, and it worked, okay. <laughs> and speaking of people around you, I think one of the other strengths of this business, which is not so uncomfortable, it's very enjoyable, is having those relationships around us. And not only is our relationships just fun to have and fulfilling, we're actually seeing that have a play a, play a big role in the way that we age and the, our health. I saw a statistic recently from a Harvard Business Review where they're looking at the loneliness epidemic and found that Loneliness and weak social connections are associated with a reduction in lifespan that's similar to that caused by smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, wow. Even greater than the risk of obesity. Wow. Loneliness. Loneliness and? Uh, Weak social connections. Weak social connections. I had no idea, Uh, but I certainly don't have any trouble believing it. But as you you pointed out, the, the pleasure and benefit uh, and rewards of a relationship not only keeps us healthy, but keep in mind, in when we first met that person, we were uncomfortable. So uh, uncomfortable comes at the beginning of every achievement. It does. You know, I'm going to be uncomfortable when I try to land an airplane in the water and I've never done it, okay? <laughs> but But I'm going to do it anyway. Do the things that you're afraid to do or nervous about doing or uncomfortable doing, do it anyway and learn and grow. But I, I think the social, the social thing, I'm astounded that, uh, that, that you could compare that with 15 cigarettes a day. I mean, that, the, so loneliness and lack of social contact, weak social relationship and connections actually 
cause bad health. Yeah, it's associated with uh, a decline in mental health and acuity, cardiovascular disease, depression, and anxiety. Well, wouldn't that wouldn't that just be on the increase because of uh, all of the iPhones and smartphones and iPads and computers and everything that people isolate themselves and uh, and spend hours a day on? Yeah, it could definitely be. But I think if you have an opportunity like we have with New Life, you could use those things as a tool. Absolutely. To build stronger Absolutely. relationships with no, people I, that I, you can't be around all the time. I agree. I agree. And uh, uh, I think that... Uh, I think that at any age, I have seen, I can't even say the number of people, it's, it's hundreds if not thousands of people over the course of my business career. I have seen people start at any age and do a turnout around and improve their health and their financial uh, position. It's not too late for anyone. You know, My son Tony now is 57 and he started his from 380 pounds at 57, he's down to 330, and he said he's going down to about 240 with the tools that we have. And he's not suffering as far as energy. And now that he got the poison out of his system, uh, he's uh, he can maintain it. It's a lifestyle change. So proud of him. And let's see. I, I also think, of course, it's always going to be uncomfortable doing the things that cause us to grow. But now, something that makes me more comfortable when I'm talking to people is having the knowledge that not only do we have something to offer that people need, it's also something that people are looking for, both on the health end. Uh, I mean, 75% of U.S. adults take supplements, but unfortunately, we're seeing these negative health trends because they're taking the wrong supplements. They're usually going to Costco or the local drugstore and getting multivitamins. Uh, but also, not only that, the gig economy, something that we're part of, which is people who work as independent contractors, so part-time or full-time for income, not a traditional J-O-B. The gig economy is huge. In just North America and Western Europe, it's 150 million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. As a percentage of the population, that's 15%. Well, Can you imagine if just in each one of our local communities, if there's 15% of people who are looking for a part-time or full-time source of income that's not a traditional job, what if we were to be able to get those people into new life? Yes, and I, and I think we need to be reminded, these people are not going to go to your house, knock on the door, and say, I suspect that you have... Uh, something for my health and for a part-time uh, uh, business uh, in there. They're not going to come to you and knock on the door. That leaves one and one, only one choice. Go out and get them. Knock on their doors. Not literally go down the street, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, don't be a weirdo. <laughs> right. Don't be a weirdo. <laughs> you know, don't be a weirdo. Just introduce yourself and tell people what you're doing. And somebody's going to say, tell me more. I'm interested. Yeah. I mean, it could even look like something that, that you often do that will make me uncomfortable on occasion is just talk to the person that's having dinner at the table next to us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, I, I think that I'm always torn from by between not saying anything 
uh, and uh, and that also makes me very uncomfortable knowing that I should be saying something. So I found that if I just go ahead and talk to people, even people that are quiet and try to avoid you, maybe a little bit at first, you know, I just sort of feel them out. And if there's somebody with a terrible personality that I don't really want to know, or uh, sort of a, uh, you know, smart aleck, I could use another word, but uh, if they are that way, I don't want them in my business anyway. So I just qualified them a little bit if they got, but I sort of attracted to people with a nice personality. You know, I think that people that, you can get people, I've learned that if they're so negative and they've spent 20 years being negative, that they have all this bad input into their brain, it's taken deep roots. I know they could be helped, but I don't want to spend that much energy and time trying to reprogram somebody that's been programmed the wrong way for 20 years. I would rather find somebody that's a little less negative, that is uh, maybe skeptical, but but uh, good personality. I find much better results with that person. You should pray for the other people, though. That's right. Maybe we will send up around. a prayer. Yeah, pray for them all of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see, what are you looking forward to? Wow. Uh, well, I'm going to continue with healthy aging. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, be one of my goals. I, uh, I mentioned at convention that I've had reset my own goals, and uh, it, it, I've been working on them. And, uh, you know, I want to, uh, I want to ex- continue to expand... Uh, the Neolife business. I want to help uh, as many people as I can to uh, to be able to live a healthier life and to have some income that they uh, could use desperately. And I want out of that the ones that really want to uh, really want to grow, not only personal growth, but grow their business and grow their goals and achieve those goals. Those people I want to see become wealthy people just because they they think on a bigger scale. Uh, and uh, you can't start out thinking big if you don't have proof because uh, it requires such too much of a leap of faith. But I think if I track my own growth in that area or, or, or my own progress, we'll call it, remember my first goal was to get out of debt, be worth zero. Then I wanted to have four thousand dollars in the bank. That was I thought that was an almost un, unimaginable goal to have all my bills paid at four thousand dollars. I don't know why four, but I couldn't think any bigger than four. And then after I got I shot past the four, ended up with ten. Then I, I then I could believe fifty thousand, and uh, that that's how my own goals. Uh, let's say they got larger, and and so today I'm not setting larger goals, so I have more more money and more things. I'm setting larger goals so that I can help more people and in turn you and uh, your siblings can help more people. That's my goal because I, I'm not going to be able to, to even come close to uh, spending uh, the wealth. I have to, it's have to give away uh, and I have to leave it and I'm re- I think God has uh, put me in charge or, or, or give, giving me, I'm a custodian uh, of of this uh, whatever I have, and uh, I have to use it wisely. But I want my I get a thrill out of 
getting more to use wisely. And so I've had to rethink my goals. I've got, as you know, we've got about, I've got about, we're in 50 countries. I'd like to be in, in the 75 and 100 countries, you know. I, I see we have five diamond distributors around the world, but I'd like to see that number uh, 10 times that number, five diamond distributors. I'd like to see uh, more of our uh, Latin American markets opened up, you know, into Central and South America, in the Latino uh, world. I'd like to see our Asian community blossom. I'd like to see us uh, in more countries in Europe that we're in. So, I mean, there's so much to do, and uh, looking forward, I want to play a role in that and, and, and do what I can, you know, just because I really do enjoy it, and because I, I think that way and work that way, uh, now on, on Monday, next Monday, I'm traveling to Hawaii, and my brother Bob is already there, I talked to him today, and we're going to be visiting... Uh, uh, with the Queen's Hospital there. We gave some money to the Queen's Hospital. And so uh, we're going to be uh, there to take care of that. And uh, and I, by the way, I'm going to then be very comfortable there because I've been comfort uncomfortable most of my life, but I can choose these week or two weeks to be totally comfortable and enjoy being there with your mother and uh, have a great time. So, uh, you know, I, I say more of the same. Just wait till she puts you to work on those home repairs. You know what? <laughs> I've got a way to dodge that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I am looking forward to the future as well and seeing those 10 times the amount of five diamond directors around the world and right here in North America as well. Um, I, I think one of the most special times that we have spending time with other promoters and other up-and-coming leaders is leadership school. And that's somewhere where you'll be as well in yes. our future leadership schools. Yes, yes, And I, would you say that that is one of the best places to get to if you're someone who wants to take their business to the next level? Yes, to not only be there, but to absorb uh, be, uh, the information from that is presented in the classroom, but also from the others who who are there uh, to uh, pick up uh, best practices and operating our businesses. We're all in the same boat uh, to increase the, the level, we'll say, or the, of our belief, increase our faith, our belief in what we're doing and be determined to help people because, why? Because we care about people. And by the way, the Bible says that where there's love, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You see that with, uh, as I've said a few times, you see that with uh, mothers and their children. Anybody threatens their children, they're fearless. You see it in Mother Nature. We, saw, we see bears at the ranch when they run from you because they're afraid uh, when, you, when you run up on them with an automobile or on foot. But if their cubs are there, they stand defiantly. They, they're no, they're not fear because they're not fear, fearful because they love their cubs. It's in nature. Loving people, if you know you love people and you want to help them, you won't be afraid to say hello. And uh, but if you look at people as, if I get them to buy some products, I'll make some money. 
you will cast out no fear that way. <laughs> you will be afraid. And I, and I think that's uh, dedicate ourselves to doing what we can to help our community, help our family, help the people we meet, help our country. Let's, let's do good. And as we love on people and we are uncomfortable, we are going to be very comfortable coming up at events like World Team Conference in Los Cabos. Oh, Los Cabos. Diamond Lifestyle as well. Oh, boy. We've That's got be World Team. We've got Diamond <laughs> Lifestyle. And you even slipped one in on me there. You invited us to have our board meetings down there after those events. I mean, all you're flying in all these people. going to be there. Already. Yeah. Okay. So you figured out that this is not too this expensive? It's a cost-saving measure. <laughs> okay. In the midst of comfort. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, let's see. Oh, I want to apologize for uh, uh, at convention. I've had a few people say that I was too hard on you when I asked you, when are you going to get married? Kind of startled you there. You made no comment, but people attacked me a little bit. They said, you shouldn't do that. Well, they should and, see the stuff you ask me when we're not on stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I apologize. Okay. Oh, well, thank you. I apologize. I apologize for making fun of you for being chubby. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> now that we've apologized, but do you have any idea when you will get married? <laughs> okay. Coming Enough. soon. Okay. <laughs> or not soon, I mean. <laughs> Coming okay. I, well, I've had a, a good time today, and I hope uh, that... Uh, I, I kind of forgot that we were doing this, uh, 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 recording it for, for somebody else to listen to. You know, I think this pretty much is one of our, uh, this is one of our sessions that we have sometimes, you know, impromptu, okay? All right. Well, thank you so much for coming over. My pleasure. Always. It. Thank you, love Kendra. Love you and love, love all you. of you who are listening. Looking forward to getting to see you guys soon at another event. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>